and really just embracing uh, impermanence encourages us to to live in the present moment, um, ap- appreciate really the beauty of fleeting experiences, and sometimes these connections can be uh, can be fleeting experiences, but they're still uh, mm. you know a part of our makeup. They're a part of our history. Um, and if we're able to really do that, we can let go of any illusion of control. And it just reminds us to cherish what we have right in front of us um, and that life is ever changing. They're speakers, authors, and real life rock stars, bringing you life changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. <laughs> Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. <laughs> Taking the elevator, are you? Uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> it's your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we tackle uh, challenges uh, from today with incredible guests who give incredible advice. And today is uh, no different. Yeah. It's our uh, really good friend, Paige Allen, who uh, a lot of people might not know. She seems to be at a company that's behind the scenes because I'm not yep. sure if I said the words Ingram Spark what that means yeah. to probably a lot of our audience. But this is like the largest book distributor on the planet. Like no, no yes. matter what, whenever you and I are sending some books out to, I don't know, Australia, they're the ones who yep. make that stuff happen. They get that stuff down there. So Paige is fantastic. And uh, I, I forget, where did we first meet her? Was that an event? Uh, we met her at the IBPA conference oh, yeah. um, In Orlando. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's right. Yep. Yeah, she's awesome. She is their uh, director of content group, um, you know, basically has been a brand and a marketing strategist uh, for a long time. I think probably decades she's been working in sort of that uh, digital marketing agency space um, yep. and just sort of knows knows that world. And it's it's been mostly in, in other industries, but the last couple of years, certainly in the publishing world. Uh, one small thing that I noticed when I was looking at her bio, did you know that she was a trained acapella barbershop singer? That's what she does on the side. Really? Yeah. No, I, I had not a clue. That. I mean, she went to Amazing. school for that and she's been in international courses and yeah, she sing, <laughs> she can sing a, a tune if, if we need her to. Well, you know, we, we went and visited uh, Ingram's headquarters in uh, Nash, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, about a year, I guess, about oh, just over a year ago now. And uh, what an incredible operation! I mean, just insane. We did get confused uh, with the IT guys, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> they thought we were there to fix some computers for them. Um, but um, you know, Paige uh, sort of showed us around and. Honestly, the print on demand process of from start to finish when a book order comes in to watch it like the book gets made right then and there and yeah. out the door in less than an hour. I mean, it was absolutely incredible to watch that. Um, but Paige is just bringing years and years and years now of um, expertise. And I know we have a lot of uh, friends and listeners yeah. who sort of have either written books or want to write books. Um, she's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, she, she's going to talk today about 
forming forming meaningful connections, right? Yeah, and that's sort of. Uh, I, I wasn't even yeah. thinking that would be her topic when we threw it out there. I knew we wanted her on the show, but she had several things she could have done, and she wanted to come with building meaningful connections. We were like, "Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It was great." Well, I think as we have discovered over the last few years, uh, the publishing world is nothing but meaningful connections. Right. I mean, that's how things get done. All period. And yeah. So it's a very apropos, very informative, um, and very introspective, which I think was a, a unique little twist on this episode. It was a surprise for us, for sure. We think you guys are going to love this episode. Check, Check it, out. it out. There she is. Paige Allen is in the house. She's in her house. Yes, she is. <laughs> finally. Finally. It took an act of Congress, but we finally got her here, and we are incredibly excited about it. My bad, my bad, but no. No, listen, <laughs> we're, we, we think we're busy and then, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're minor leagues. You are busy. Don't bl blame Ingram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's actually, exactly. It, it probably is tough. I mean, I know we've got our schedule, Brant, that, that we're always doing this on a specific day of the week, but oh my gosh, even for you and I to get together, but then we throw a page into the mix. It's, it's crazy. But yep. we're here and we're excited and we're going to be talking about stuff that we all get a chance to to do either from the stage or write about. And and certainly I think this is one of those topics where it would resonate with everybody. Um, and it's uh, it, it's on how to build meaningful connections. So we couldn't think of somebody that would be more perfect to talk about this. And and to be honest, when you were listening to the introduction, you know, we've known Paige for a couple of years here and doing some side work with her as well. Uh, but we don't get a chance to spend as much time as we like to. So we could probably use a little bit of this advice as well. So, so Paige, what is your first thought that rocks on this awesome topic? How to build meaningful connections? Well, funny enough, um, I think it goes uh, along, along with uh, what you all spoke on in your last podcast, right? And that's just being authentic and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was, you know, listening to uh, some of the past uh, series that you all have recorded and I was like, okay, this will be, this will be wonderful, tie into the next one. But yeah, um, I mean, before I, I jump directly into that, I think um, I want to talk a little bit about my journey of being authentic and learning how to be uh, vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely... It was a hard concept and it's uh, uh, for me to really grasp and then furthermore begin to practice um, a little bit about me. So I'm a Southern girl um, and I come from a very Southern, um, you know, Baptist family mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being African-American and then being female and then you throw in uh, being a part of the LGBT community yeah. on top of that. Um, there were definitely a lot of layers that I had to sort of uncover in order to reach that core of authenticity as well as being vulnerable. Um, and I think where I really began to um, uncover that and begin to practice that was definitely within the workspace. So I grew up, I, I grew up you know, with a very um, uh, strong family uh, and parental units. Um, and shout out to mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, trying to uh, 
really just understand myself when I grew up with such strong parents, especially a very strong matriarch. Um, and my mother is very, uh, she keeps her, her, her circles very close, so close that, you know, it's really just her and my dad. Um, she doesn't necessarily trust very easily. And some of those things began to, to, to rub off on me, not being too much of a burden, keeping people at arm's length, uh, only sharing what you need to share, uh, you know, work is work, home is home, uh, those type of things. Um, and I sort of went into the workforce with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder in a way. Um, and especially, you know, having these things that some people may consider sort of like black X's against me, uh, being race, being my, my sexuality, and then being a female. Um, and we know that those can be, um, you know, gender, all of those things can be sort of trouble areas within the workplace, but they're no longer be, being seen as trouble areas, but areas that we need to sort of praise, provide support to. Um, but uh, that's where we are today. But sort of when I entered the workforce, um, I saw these things as, as black X's against me. And so I was very sort of guarded uh, about, um, about, you know, what I brought to the table and um, was a little uh, fearful of being my authentic self. Um, but as I began to become more comfortable with myself and be more unapologetic about who I am as a person and understanding myself, um, I began to realize that I have to maybe not focus necessarily on me as much, but focus on building meaningful connections with, with people, making them feel more comfortable mm -hmm. about the things that make me unique. So, you know, being authentic and vulnerable, it's all about our interactions. It means, you know, that we have to be true to ourselves and how we express our thoughts and our emotions um, and finding beauty in those things, right? Those are when we create those really unique interactions and create those experiences that aren't necessarily in connections that aren't fleeting. Um, and it creates a space for us to trust deeper mm -hmm. um, and to trust ourselves deeper and those in which we're interacting with deeper. Yeah, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We have, um, one of our, our good friends, Rhonda Payne, who uh, owns Planet Flock, and um, she she talks about how long it took her uh, as an African-American female to just wear her hair yeah. in a way that was natural for her, that she oh. didn't feel like she had to straighten her hair every day. And it was this, it was a thing. And it took her years and years and years and years before she was comfortable enough to just sort of be authentic with, with who she was and how she wanted to wear her hair. And, and, um, since then, I mean, it sort of led her to start her own organization, her own company. And now she's helping other, other organizations, um, amplify that authenticity, right? I mean, that's part of, that's part of it. And when you, when you factor in, all of the other things that you sort of had um, uh, as X's, as you said, a sort of 
it, it's it's amazing, first of all, that you're comfortable enough within an organization to be able to do so, because I think there are a lot of people who are not. Um, there are a lot of organizations, as much as we would want them to be um, sort of aware and, and of what's of what's sort of the new norm and relevancy and and what matters and all of those things of of company values and core values. Um, I mean, there's still quite a few that 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 hold on uh, with white knuckles to the past. Um, Jim recently put out a video talking about the difference between culture and heritage, right? And that sort of, you know, for, for all the things that heritage has going for it, that that build a brand and and build legacy, um, sometimes that heritage is holding on to things that just aren't relevant anymore, and and they have to be willing to to let go and grow and 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 find what's you know, what the, what the world demands of it now in today's world. And, um, I think it's amazing that, that, uh, you found safety, um, because that's, I think the one thing that, that, um, a lot of people are looking for and simply don't feel that way. Have you, I mean, outside of, of where you are now, um, and, and just talking with your friends, do you find that that is a concern that they don't feel safe to be able to do so in the workplace? Um, I think definitely, yes. And I think it also depends on the workplace, right? Yeah. Um, if they're able to embrace those things that make you unique, mm-hmm. um, it, it embrace uh, a culture that is diverse, right? Um, and I think like for a lot of people, it's scary. Uh, you fear the things that you don't know. Um, it's funny that you mentioned uh, black hair, but uh, in college, you know, I- I'm sure you all know, Uh, or have heard people say jokingly, like black women do not like their hair to be touched. Doesn't matter who you are, (laughs) who you are. I get it. Um, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That may hurt, man. I don't know, Jim. (laughs) You got to sort of, you got to start from the front and slowly go back. Oh, okay. Brant has experience. That sounds very, (laughs) what just happened? Sounds weird. All right, back to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, I in college, you know, had a few people ask because um, I used to wear fro, and then I cut it short. And that's the thing about like black hair. I guess you can um, you can switch it up a lot, which is great. You know, you can put in locks one day, you can permit the next, as or straighten it the next, but. I really had to, had to step back and I had a few uh, friends and then friends of friends ask me specifically when I had a pro, can I touch your hair or ask questions about like the coiling of hair and the different types of hair and things like that. Mm. Um, and you used to get really annoyed by it. I think like most African-Americans or people who have unique or persons of colors that have unique hair probably do get annoyed by that. But I had to step back and say, it's, this is a moment of education. This is a moment yeah. of, to make a meaningful, meaningful connection. It's totally. there. These questions are not, I mean, I, I, I'm going to believe in my heart that it's not from a malicious place. It perhaps uh, there's some, a little bit of like, perhaps ignorance is associated to it, but, but it's because they do not know, or they've been too, too afraid to ask those questions. And they see me, I've obviously made a connection, be it, um, you know, be it an initial connection that makes them feel comfortable enough to ask this question to me. So take the time 
to to be able to to educate. You know, so it's having that discernment and being able to recognize that in those moments too. But I, it's just funny. I thought that that you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, she's it's a it's been a big deal for her um and and one that you know working in a in a what I'll say predominantly male um sort of industry in in the event space of of dealing with C-suite executives and and uh, predominantly white space and so you know it, it was something that she sort of felt that pressure to have to fit in um as to what they thought you know, fitting in looked like and that freedom that sort of came with owning her own company and being her own individual has just, you know, we've watched her blossom and the company take off and like, she's doing amazing, amazing work and thank God she is. And, 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 um, sort of found that opportunity to do so. Cause I think a lot of people, um, either give up or, or, you know, sort of cave to the, to the, uh, whatever they feel like others want of them. Yeah. Right. I think that's how, I mean, that's right. how I think about Paige too. I think about where you are in, in your role um, with, with Ingram Spark. And I go, you know, and, and you, you made a comment earlier about there's still some companies, actually both of you did, there's still some industries, like entire industries that are not as accepting. And it blows my mind. You would think now in our day and age that people would have come around and, and, you know, really either embrace people's authenticity or accept people for the way they are and, and utilize that as a strength, you know, tag into, into that talent, but there's still some that are out there and it's a, it's a big head scratcher for sure. But I think Brant, the way that you, uh, you know, talk about and prop up Rhonda and, and she's uh, amazing. I think about Paige, you, you in the same way. I mean, I don't, I can't remember how many years, I don't know if, if we said that in the introduction, how many years have you been at Ingram Spark? It'll be three in October. Three, three years. Well, it's great. The work yeah. that you do. I, you know, I, one, one yeah. thing that you said though, um, it, you know, for, first off, I did not see us talking about black hair on this, on this episode. I love it. <laughs> I love that. This come is on. fantastic. That's the first one. I have to come back and do like thoughts that rock on black That's hair. It. That's <laughs> <a great> <laughs> episode. Or just an episode on hair. We we could do that. That would yes. be hilarious. That's right. Um, Love it. It, it's funny when you're talking about building meaningful connections. And I guess you could have, we, we knew the topic, but you and we have not shared what, what your three thoughts are going to be. So the fact that you know, you, you didn't come with a very practical, you do this, this, and this to build the connections. Your first one about being authentic and vulnerable is looking inside. You're like, I just need to, I need to be authentic with myself and who I am and be open and vulnerable to exposing myself to other people so that they know, you know, I'm going to be unapologetically authentic myself. And then hopefully that opens the doors for other people. I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. And I think not even necessarily, I think you have to start with the work with yourself, right? But when you're building a connection, if you know where you are in terms of uh, being authentic, I think it allows you to um, maybe take a, take, take the back seat mm -hmm. and sort of encourage and prod someone else to uh, be comfortable enough to begin to share their authentic self. So it's, so it's being consciously aware in a way of being, um, and I, I, I heard this in your last podcast, is being humble enough in a way to sort of yeah. say, hey, 
let, let this person sort of take the driver's seat. And as they feel more comfortable, um, you then begin to share more of yourself. I think the, uh, I think we all have so many different layers, right? So things in the shadows, uh, things that we don't necessarily want to lead with, right? Or things that, um, we sort of wear on our outer exterior that can sometimes be intimidating. Yeah. Um, and I think it can be overwhelming when you're trying to build those connections. So sort of taking that back seat um, and uh, either leading with compliments or leading with um, a general conversation, be it sports, be it, oh, you have a dog, you know, I have a dog, those type of things and begin to sort of give them the floor. Yeah. Um, initially, you know, give them longer speaking, speaking time. And then I think um, you then can begin to, to, to build bridges as to how you are connecting with that person. But I think it all starts with what are you practicing? What are you, what accountability do you have for yourself um, to be in a place to, to do well, that? Well, and then when you're in a corporate setting and, and in a leadership role, the more responsibilities that you have when you have direct reports, you're impacting and influencing others. So just by demonstrating, just by allowing that space to exist, you're now giving them permission to go out and do the same thing. And ultimately, if, if, the, you know, if it works the way it's supposed to, they then get promoted. They then get more responsibilities and more influence and it just sort of perpetuates itself. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, we'll be right back right after this message. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. All right, let's talk about your second. What is your second thought that rocks? Um, embracing active listening and responding with empathy mm. Um, mm. Is, is really my, my second thought. And to, I, I have a, a story about that too, but um, I would say it's something I forgot when I first came to Ingram. Um, so I come from an agency world. I did web development, content marketing, um, inbound marketing, project management, all of those things. And I came in as uh, the chief operating officer for the for a collection of agencies across Nashville and a few other states. Um, and previously, this, the agency didn't have the best relationship with operations uh, managers, you know. Um, and basically, their thought was they come in and they change a bunch of things. They don't understand processes and it's like not helpful. And they end up leaving it more of a mess than um, when, from when we started. Mm -hmm. So when I started there, I was very intentional about setting up one-on-ones, multiple one-on-ones across every, you know, every skill set, every department uh, within the business. 
understanding what they do, understanding their concerns, understanding their challenges, uh, and really just giving them the floor. And that goes back to, again, number one, giving them the driver's seat to be able to share with me what their thoughts are, and then being able to really download all of that and come up with a plan and slowly, with their assistance, begin to implement certain changes that address their immediate needs. Mm-hmm. When I got to Ingram, um, you know, and, and I was there five years, right? So when I got to Ingram, I'm used to this fast pace. I can walk up to a developer, I need this, I need that. Um, and I got to Ingram and I'm like, okay, they gave, gave me this big audacious goal for Ingram Spark and you need to achieve this in revenue. And I'm like, okay, we're making this happen. So I'm driving. And Ingram is a very relational, you know, uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to build relationships or you need to at least take time to communicate to stakeholders or uh, certain, you know, resource groups across the company in order to, uh, just clue them in. Even if they don't have to do anything, you just need to like let them know so they don't feel blindsided or left out. And when I started at Ingram, I was thinking about me, myself and I, my team, my business, this has to happen. And so, you know, my boss sat me down and he was like, you're doing great work, but you're leaving your peers on, on the bench. Like you, you, you've got to, you know, bring in, bring in others. And I really took that to heart. So I had to take a step back and begin to really network and build relationships and find common interests with stakeholders that I knew that I would have to engage with uh, on a daily basis, uh, begin to understand how they, uh, you know, liked to communicate or, um, and, or how I should provide the notice. So, you know, just really building, I think, building meaningful meaningful connections um in order to do that you have to one be able to recognize like when maybe you're in the wrong Mm -hmm. and what maybe again you don't need to necessarily be in the driver's seat it's time to unlock those ears it's time to to truly listen and then explore um you know, explore how you need to respond. Mm. Um, And then when you hear things necessarily about yourself or about what you're doing, that may not necessarily be the most positive. You have to be able to, to receive that and then respond in a way that addresses people's perspectives, addresses their feelings um, and really just shows that you're paying attention to their needs outside of your own. Can, can I, ask you, I think like that can be applied to any relationship really. Yeah. Is that something that you learned? Did you get any training on something like that? Or is that just sort of the school of hard knocks? You just sort of figured out this is the way that you can really build a connection. Uh, you know, again, did you get it somewhere or did it just organically sort of become a part of you? I think it organically came, became a part of mm-hmm. me. Um, and to be honest, it, um, well, I would say I'd be really began to practice that after reading, um, Don Miguel Ruiz, um, the four agreements, Uh, um, that, that book, but I, it was led, you know, I began to read that after, uh, after a relationship didn't end the way that I wanted it to end, you know, so it's sort of school of hard knocks too, but you know, once you figure out something that works, it makes you feel good too. Yeah. Um, again, like it's not, you don't go into it necessarily thinking about you. You're thinking about the other person, but yeah. um, you sort of have to 
put your that's what empathy is put you know putting the shoe on your on 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 your mm-hmm. foot someone else's shoe on your foot so i think um stepping back and saying like how would i want someone to speak to me and i have a very sort of direct um not everyone can hear i i can hear something very direct i can give things very direct but sometimes you have to sort of curb how you're delivering a certain message or uh in order to really uh get to the end goal and build that build that connection that that long lasting connection that you want with someone yeah jim i think you know one of the things you talk about a lot um in your three C's, uh, two, two of your three C's of culture there, uh, I believe are competence and character, right? And I think that that's part of what sort of these first two thoughts sort of really lean into both of these categories, right? One, one side being sort of your knowledge, skills, experience, all that sort of thing on the competence side. But then on the character side, it's sort of values and behavior and personal traits and, you know, all those things that, that make those up. I mean, though, on my side of what I talk about, those are parts of influence too, right? I mean, that's part of how meaningful connection happens is you have some level of influence um, that allows for that meaningful connection. But I mean, wouldn't you agree that that sort of some of those things are both things that can be worked on and developed, yeah, right? totally. And well, I think the competence for sure. Character is a tough one, you know, only because I'm a huge believer that everything is learned behavior. So I think by the time you become an adult and you're working, you know, in some job or you want to get a job, you kind of have to have that disposition already ingrained in you because you're going to learn it from your parents, from school, from the playground, from religion, lack of religion, whatever it is, you are the way you are. And if you just don't want to smile or be pleasant around people or have a personality or, or do the right things, if you don't have the right heart, man, the character thing is just so tough. Could I fake it? Could I do enough or be in constant environment where I could get better? Totally. Uh, but it just gets harder and harder as you get older and older. Um, it's funny. This is going to be a little bit of a love fest on our podcast today. But I actually was thinking about your work when Paige was talking about this because I go, you have discovered through all of the work you've done with the assessment with, with Black Sheep that connection is the number one thing that people crave. It's the number one thing that humans want on this planet. So it's funny that, you know, again, why do we have to keep reminding people to do these things? And yet we know how important it is and people want it deep down inside. And so it's just, yes, I believe the, the, you know, and the, the third C culture fit, you sort of take that out of the mix because that's a very esoteric nebulous sort of thing. But on the competence and the character side, I think absolutely if people were focusing on those two things and being keenly aware, and I think Paige, this goes back to what you're saying, just listening intently, not, not just hearing, but truly listening to the extent that, that that person can feel understood and you're doing that with empathy. Oh my gosh, are you going to build a strong connection, a strong bond with that person? Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, to to your question of like why why do we keep sort of going back to this age old question yeah. when at the root of it everyone wants to feel included feel connected I think it goes back to your first C of confidence right confidence in oneself but also confidence that like you can belong yeah. um, and I think that that's hard I think that um, we're often more often than not led by fear mm-hmm. right. 
Um, and so I think that there's this uh, constant fear of, um, of not having some type of attachment, something that tethers us or yep. being rejected mm-hmm. uh, yep. when, when we do try. And I think we all have been rejected. You know, but to your point, it is a choice. I know as a child, um, I wanted to feel connected, but didn't know how to voice being connected. So I was that child that sort of in church, like people would try and come up and hug me or say hi and adults. And I just like would run away or, or give them the space as though I don't want to be bothered by you. A part of that was because they were, I was fearful that one, there's this huge age gap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the only thing that you could want something from me is per, is perhaps to, to either hurt me or to ask something of me, right? That it's not just a genuine, um, <laughs> a genuine connection or a genuine hello. Um, yeah. And when you feel, should feel the safest, which is, you know, in, in that community environment. But I think it's a, it's a mindset and then being able to build that confidence within yourself. Yeah. And then they were just trying to tuck your hair too. So that makes it even worse. <laughs> makes it even worse. What is going on here? The, the reason I had asked earlier, I just, uh, it, you know, we've shared this many, many times on our podcast episodes when we start talking about listening is it, it almost seems like today's society has to be taught this because it's not done. Certainly not until you get perhaps into higher education because we're just not taught how to listen. We are taught how to, how to speak. We're taught in a lot of ways, obviously how to write, but that form of communication just, you know, unless somebody is really going out of their way, you as a professional or, or as somebody who is really interested in listening and learning uh, about other people's opinions and their views and their perspectives, you got to actively think about it or go off somewhere and learn how to do it. So the fact that you just did it organically and thought, how would I like to be treated? And and you're in a unique position where you're going, I want to be my authentic self. Let me wear the shoes of this other person. How would they like to be communicated to? And I think that listening skill is just so, it's just, it, it's almost a rarity these days. And that's sad, unfortunately, but you're right. I mean, it's it's helping build that, uh, you know, the meaningful connection. And again, it's one of those things where I think you could have easily come on to the show today and gone tactical, tactical, tactical. Here's three things. If you want to have a better, you know, win friends. What, what's the book? It's how to win friends and influence people. I'm like, no, you're just going mm-hmm. be authentic yourself. Shut your yapper a little bit and listen <laughs> a little bit more. You know, I'm, I'm interested in what the third one's going to be. But a lot of this is almost internal is sort of your approach. And I think it's very refreshing. We may as well go, yeah, we, I think go ahead, go ahead. I'm so. I think it's probably where I am in my life too. You know, um, I'm like reaching mid thirties and it's, just, it's time for change. You know, you just sort of have to, uh, I've probably stopped growing at this point, you know, unless I go wide, unless I grow wider, not taller. But, <laughs> but, hey, you can get taller. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Does that count towards your height, like on your driver's license? Let me tell you, it helps when I'm well, in the crowd. There's no doubt. Jim's driver's <laughs> license doesn't say it, but in person, he's like 6'5". Yeah. You know, that's that hair significantly helps. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. What is, what, so what, what is, is your third yeah. thought that rocks? Is that where you were going, Brant? I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, it is. Yes, exactly. Let's bring it home, Paige. Um, 
So the, the third one is, uh, I'll use the word embracing again, but it's embracing impermanence. Mm -hmm. And it really just involves uh, recognizing that there's this impermanent nature really to everything. Nothing does last forever. So that even includes like the good and the bad moments, you know, um, and understanding that this attachment to um that, that we have to liberate ourselves from any attachment of fear uh, or resistance to change, right? Uh, and really just embracing uh, impermanence encourages us to, to live in the present moment, um, ap appreciate really the beauty of fleeting experiences. And sometimes these connections can be, uh, can be fleeting experiences, but they're still... Mm. Uh, you know, a part of our makeup, they're a part of our history. Um, and if we're able to really do that, we can let go of any illusion of control. And it just reminds us to cherish what we have right in front of us um, and that life is ever changing. And so we shouldn't have a resistance to that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, as it relates to meaningful connections it's sort of like live in the moment um and, and to know that like that moment may change you and that connection may change but um but understanding that like not having to control what that connection becomes uh just builds a stronger makeup for 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 who you are as an individual yeah 100 percent. i think i think it's that power of now Right. Yes. Of being, pre of oh, being present. Power now. Um, okay. There you go. Right. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it, it is so difficult, I think, um, to remain in the present. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's, it's, it on, on the surface, it seems very easy, right? Look, just stay, stay with me here. <laughs> just pay attention and be with me here in the moment. Um, but, but unfortunately, as humans, we are constantly worried about the future or we're upset about the past and we are sort of caught in this tug of war. And, and, um, on one side, we're being pulled towards being upset about decisions that we've made, maybe that we weren't happy with and, and dwelling on things that can't be changed. Um, or we are being pulled towards the future of the what ifs, right? Well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And, and in the midst of the worrying and the depression, we miss the present. And that's, that's the hardest part. And, and I think that that is, um, again, is a learned skill. <laughs> um, you can absolutely look if, if, you know, some people meditate, um, some people find their, you know, their, the way that they try to stay in the present for me, it's always, um, a litmus test of my, of what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I, I always use, it's a, it's a quote actually attributed to Lao Tzu, but, but he never actually said it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And so for me, I always use that little thing as a litmus test to, to, if I'm feeling really anxious, I know that I'm worried about something that hasn't happened yet. Like that's, I don't even have to, I don't even have to, try to guess what it is. I just know that that's where I'm at. Or if I'm feeling really depressed, it's typically because I am pulling something from my past um, towards me. And I, and I have to just let that go and only focus on the present because that's the only place I can actually make a decision and affect change. And so that is, um, 
is such an easy and difficult thing to do all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Have you found, is there a practice that you have found that works for you? Are you someone who takes the calm app and sets that thing up? Like I, someone puts the calm app in front of me and it's, it's going out the window. I don't care if I'm doing 65 miles an hour, that thing. I'm not a calm app kind of guy. Um, but is there, is there something that you have found that works for you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I do use the Calm app. I even have. The, oh, I uh, knew it. <laughs> I even have the uh, the meditation voice on ways, like when I'm driving. You know, Whoa, like, okay. Take a minute to breathe. And I mean, sometimes <laughs> you're like, I don't want to breathe. <laughs> I just want to get oh, to where man. I'm going. But um, no, I think for it, it may sound a little weird. I tend to, and I've done this since a young age. Um, I had difficulty reading uh, um, growing up, so I watch one's lips right and i just sort of like um i i hone in on a person's lips and their tone and what their pattern is and it just sort of helped me just like stay in that moment i mean i asked myself imagine how energetic and vibrant our connections were would be if we all could just focus in on that connection that we're having or conversation that we're having right then and there, instead of thinking about, uh, you know, does this person understand me or, oh, I have to do this in five minutes or here's how, how I'm going to respond mm-hmm. to what they're saying right now. You know, like mm-hmm. our, our, those connections would be filled with so much energy. Like you wouldn't be able to like bo- to bottle that up. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's just a little bit of sort of my mental and auditory learning, but also I've learned that, hey, this is, I, when, I, when I'm able to do that, um, even when there's a bunch of noise around, it's just like you walk away from that conversation saying like, oh, that was a great conversation or that was a great, you know, mutually shared experience that I have with that person. Like I have to do that again. I have to tap into that again, even if it's with a different person. Yeah. You know, that that is so fulfilling. It's it's funny. You just said something and it made me think for a second about reading lips and and being in contact where I think this is where kids really have struggled during the pandemic when everybody was having to wear a mask, because even though you, you can get some emotion through the eyes, you're missing so much of that communication, unfortunately. And I feel we probably even took a step backwards, probably as a society mm-hmm. that that again, these meaningful connections are just so, so much more critical. Um, but I was also thinking that I'm probably going to take back those Tibetan bowls. I was going to get you, Brad, <laughs> for your birthday. <laughs> those don't seem to, those don't seem to work on you. Right, I'll eat golden grams out of them. That's what I'll end up doing. <laughs> yeah, cereal in the morning. Um, That's right. I, I don't think we've ever used uh, the, the word impermanence ever on the show. And I think it's yeah. such a great word. And I was thinking, I, I, I do, I, I totally get what you were saying, Brent. I know you were truncating what Paige was saying, saying, you know, it's the power of now, right? But I think you yeah. can, you can push a little bit into that. Now you can sort of make some things happen. And this is not, I think a, a, a technique, as long as you're authentic about it. And I remember in, if Paige in a former life, I was, certified to teach uh, the Covey stuff, seven habits of highly effective people. And when you think about the last habit, which is sharpen the saw, it's all about how do you continuously build connections? And so you go down your list, you think about people that are important to you. And it could be 
what's important is to call your mom today. It's maybe, you know, to write a letter to somebody today and probably the equivalent is send them a Facebook message. You know, our friend Brant, um, Mitch Gray just sent me a text yesterday out of nowhere. I haven't talked to the guy in a couple months. He goes, Hey man, just thinking about you and praying for you. I was like, Whoa, that's, yeah. you know, the, these little things I think help build the meaningful connection. If you sort of think about what does it require? What do I maybe need to do to help build that relationship and keep it going? And, and now we're present. I just put myself into your orbit for a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and, and one more thing I'd say for you, Brent, you do a very good job with this with a lot of our speaker author friends. I think, I don't think it's calculated. I just think every once in a while, whether you see something that they post or you're thinking about them, you just reach out and you continue to foster those relationships. So I, I do agree with you, Paige, and I do love that. I think if you're just sort of in the present moment, I think you, you again, I know we've used that those words, but you allow that space to exist for the connection to get stronger. But I think you can sort of edge yourself a little bit more into the relationships that mean something to you. Is it a card? Is it a call? Is it a text? I don't know. Everybody's going to be different, but I think you could actually think through those things and not make it a big burden on you. As long as it's authentic, people will know where it's coming from, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I think, um, again, it's it's not an overnight practice, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and to your point earlier, the society that we live in, uh, we're so distracted, you know, um, and so it, it's definitely hard to uh, focus on, focus on the now or be present within, within all moments. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I have it perfectly, you know, um, but it's something that I, that I think we just have to be conscious of. And even if you slip in and out of those moments, uh, give yourself grace, right. Yeah. But also like tell yourself to be brave enough to get back within that you know, within that moment to, to reestablish a connection yeah. and, and just with, with grace, you know, give yourself time and give the, the persons or people in which you're trying to build connections with, um, give, give them time too and allow them to, to really, uh, be comfortable with making, with making those efforts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I guess that. you're like, you can make connections, I guess, with not just people. With dogs yeah, and true. animals, too. True co-hosts, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'll tell you, this, this is, uh, th these were fantastic and definitely was not the direction I thought we were going to go. It's a very introspective approach, but it's it's probably the right approach. I'm like, there could be a part two of some of these other, again, these actions, these techniques that you could take. But for you, it's a very, before I start having the interpersonal relationship, let me make sure I've got I've got my own house in order is kind of kind of the theme here. And I just I think it's great. We had be authentic and vulnerable was your first one. Uh, embrace uh, active listening and doing that with empathy. And then this last one also embracing and leaning into impermanence. Um, fantastic stuff. Where page can people learn maybe a little bit more about you or we've talked a little bit about Ingram Spark. Where can we send people to check out you or the, the stuff that you work on? Yeah, so uh, ingramspark.com forward slash blogs. I do write uh, a lot of the blogs there. Mm. Um, so they could definitely check that out. They can follow me uh, at um, uh, ingramspark page A on um, Instagram. And I, I do some posts there. 
But, uh, you know, if they have anything directly related to either any issues or concerned with uh, Ingram Spark, they can always uh, email support at um, uh, support at ingramcontent.com. Awesome. This is awesome. great. Yeah. Well, it's so good to see you. I know we said earlier, uh, you know, it's fun just uh, getting to know you on, in a business context, but certainly to spend a little bit of time like this and just tap into a little bit of that that wisdom. Uh, for those that, that probably don't know or don't remember, Brant and I are both authors and uh, just being able to hang out with people that are in the publishing world, which we probably never would have really done until we wrote our books and just been able to interact with you at, at an event and uh, just becoming good friends. And thank you so much for just spending a little bit of time and being vulnerable yourself. That means a lot to us. No, thank you for thinking of me. I've, I had, I had fun. I did hair and all. Same. same. Yeah. Wait, wait till we get to that. That's the clip. That's the clip we're taking right there. I had fun. It's Paige saying I had fun. It. Drop it. Mic drop That's moment. The one. All right, Paige, we'll let you go. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.